Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Cordishi and Coit. Call the show at 401-737-1287-1037. Southern New England Sports Original. Welcome back to Cordishi and Coit on WEEI 401-777-1037 is that phone number if you want to join us. The text line is open as well at 37937 and our first text of the morning, Nick. I'm eagerly anticipating listening to Pfizer Boy and Devil Girl talk all morning, laugh out loud. Um, not sure what he, what does he or he or she mean by Taylor Devil Swift Girl. and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but Devil, I understand. I get, I get that, Joe. Thanks. I'm not that slow. <laughs> but Devil Girl, like, what, what is the, what is the, why would she be referred to as Devil Girl? Am I missing something uh, here? I, I don't know. Oh. All right, don't I'm, know. Just at, like, I'm just asking. Well, and, yeah, and 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 why? What, what's why the text? Seriously, I, like. Monday. That's a strange text at 727 yeah. in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. Look, and look, here's what I'm going to say, because the reason I read the text is because Taylor Swift is one of the things I wanted to bring up when referencing the Super Bowl. I, I don't know why she has been such a polarizing figure. I guess maybe that comes with the territory when you are one of the world's, not just the, the nation's, one of the world's biggest stars. But I got to tell you something. I, I don't know why so many NFL fans were annoyed with her presence or the short and quick cutaways that, that CBS and Fox and what have you made to her in the press box during Chiefs games. And I'm going to tell you this. My, my, my end thought on Taylor Swift after watching a full season of her rooting for her boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, at Chiefs games this season is – I like her even more. Like, she didn't even really register on my radar before this. Like, I mean, there's a few songs of hers that I like and stuff that I might, you know, have on Spotify that I listen to when I run. But other than that, like, she didn't even register with me. But, like, the more I got to know her through watching these NFL games and how she seemingly carried herself, like, I really like her and I really respect her and I really appreciate her because I think she handled herself well. I don't think – she ever made herself the show. It was clear she was just there rooting for her boyfriend. And I think she was very gracious to everybody she came in contact with, seemingly at, at stadiums, both in Kansas City and on the road. And, you know, just, just yesterday, she, a report came out. She donated $100,000 to the victim's family of the shooting at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade. And I, I'm sorry, but, like, she became a very likable figure to me based upon everything that I saw 
during Chiefs games this season, whereas I know she irritated the hell out of a lot of people, but for the life of me, I still can't understand why. We, yeah, why? What? What? Why would it bother you? It doesn't like I, I still can't get over the and first of all, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that was, you know, obviously really classy and uh, it was tragic what happened in, in Kansas City this week and just a real shame because it it's, you know, supposed to be a celebration of winning a championship and then something like that happens. Um, and it's, you know, really it's it's terrible. Um, so for her to donate 100K is, is really classy. But like I still can't get over when when the Chiefs won the AFC title in Baltimore, there was a video of this this woman in the tunnel. Um, you know, as Taylor and the, you know, the Kelsey family, they're walking out toward the field and all the families are walking out to go celebrate. There's a woman taking a video on her cell phone and yells at Taylor, you're ruining football. How? In what way is she ruining football? Like, what are you talking about? Like, honestly, come on. What a loser to say something like that. Like, what's what is the what is I mean, the average time that they show her on camera is is not even a, a full minute during a broadcast, Scott. Not even a full minute. So w- in what way does it take away from the game or your enjoyment of the game? I don't get it at all. Like, it's – honestly, I think it's just people that like to complain yep. just wanting to complain about something. That's basically what it is, and that's the worst. It's like – Go find something else to complain about because I don't really think there's anything to complain about here. Like, they won a championship. She's there supporting her boyfriend, whatever. Good for her. It didn't take anything away from me enjoying that Super Bowl and that game. It was a great game. It went into overtime. You know, the thing that I'm way more focused on is the whole new overtime rules thing and how the Niners took the ball and all that. Taylor Swift, it's it's. It's just a side story to me, and it's really not that big of a deal. So if you if you really care about it that much, uh, I, I don't know what to tell you because I don't think it really affected anything in terms of my enjoyment of the football game. No, so just no. go complain about something else. I agree. I mean, you and I are in lockstep on this one. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. In fact, if anything, like I said, I, I enjoyed the cutaways to her when, when Travis Kelsey scored a touchdown I, I just to see her reaction and – I know early on in their relationship, there was somewhat speculation. Ah, this is a publicity stunt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, It'll never last. And that may be true. A lot of celebrity relationships, unfortunately, don't last, right? Uh, But the fact of the matter is uh, I think their like or love for each other is genuine. I think they really like each other. And I had no problem. You don't fly 12 hours from Japan to see your boyfriend playing the Super Bowl if there's not legit feelings there. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I I, I, I will say this about Travis Kelsey. The thing that I think is is should be more in focus, and and he's apologized since for it. Um, yep. But him him body bumping Andy Reid was way more of an issue to me than anything to do with Taylor. I, I thought that was like Travis. What are you doing? It was egregious, Seriously. man. Like, come on, like, buddy. And he knows he was wrong. He knows he was wrong. Um, but that that bothered me more than than anything it's like i i know you're trying to win travis but you keep, don't can, can you imagine if grok pulled that with belichick exactly. in the heyday he would have been he would have been benched he would have been benched. oh yeah he would have been sitting there next to wes welker with his foot jokes that's that that was that was bad 
And look, and, and 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 I know a lot of people. Some people have a problem with the way Andy Reid handled it. I don't. I mean, to each his own. I mean, it, it, yeah. like you said, if, if Gronk had done that, I, I I'm not sure Belichick uh, lets Gronk see the field again. Uh, but Andy Reid uh, just kind of brushed it off and, you know, kind of said, all right, heat of the moment. He's really intense. He wants to be on the field on those critical plays. Uh, did he cross the line? Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to look overlook it and let him still play because I need the guy on the field too. So whatever the case, I totally agree with you. He was wrong, and he knows it, and he admitted it on his podcast with his brother uh, later in the week. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was a bad look for Travis Kelsey, a real bad look to do that on the biggest stage of your sport in the Super Bowl. It's like, wow, you know, what were you thinking, Travis? I mean, really, really. Yeah, good he 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 um, the, the thing with Travis is, you know, I, he's actually grown on me um, this year, particularly listening to his podcast with his brother, Jason, like New Heights is, is a really I don't know. They seem like, you know, a couple of down to earth guys that really have had great careers and they have worked for it. And, you know, he's he's grown on me in that way. The thing that gets me about Travis sometimes is he's one of those guys that, like, he tries hard sometimes, particularly in front of, like, the big microphones when they win, whatever. It's like, Travis, you don't have to try so hard. Like, you're, you're if you just be yourself, you're, you're, you're totally cool. Because, like, yeah. yelling and singing Viva Las Vegas, I'm like, oh, God. Travis, you're way out of tune. First yeah, I was a bit cringy. Ball, like, I'm like, buddy, you, just, you don't have to try so hard. You're, you're okay. Just be yourself. It's, it's fine. Be yourself. Like, just, just chill out just a little bit you know and that was kind of part of it with the Andy Reid body bumping thing it's like just 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 chill out a little bit all right yeah so uh you know big picture uh the Chiefs are now a dynasty and I know a lot of Patriots fans uh, I wasn't one of them uh we're rooting against Kansas City to win that game for that reason well we don't want another dynasty to overshadow what our team did the Patriots over the last 20 years but here they are they are a dynasty and and I, for one, love it. Like I said, I love greatness in sports. I love for there to be a team that everybody else is gunning for. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And, you know, I know all the comparisons, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, is Mahomes on the level with Brady. Look, that, that that's stuff that will be debate, debated for years. I think most of us would definitely acquiesce to Tom Brady's seven Super Bowl titles over Patrick Mahomes' three. But there's no denying that kid's talent. What I want to talk about is the game. And I, I think the fallout from the game isn't just the Chiefs' greatness and the Chiefs' dynasty, but it's also Kyle Shanahan is getting crushed. And, and if, if I'm being honest, I think, Nick, a little bit too unfairly. Um, you know, I, look, I understand that Shanahan's been a part of three Super Bowls where double-digit leads have been blown including, of course, when he was the offensive coordinator of the Falcons in that 28-3 game. Uh, did he make some mistakes? Yeah, but the one that really gets to me is the whole overtime thing. Like, I understand his rationale with taking the ball first in overtime. Where I think he messed up was forgetting who he was playing, the guy on the other side of the field, Patrick Mahomes. Like, regardless if you want to take the ball first or second, you're going to need a touchdown to beat that guy. And and not only that, I, I would argue that in this new format, 
you're going to need a touchdown and a two-point conversion because you know Mahomes is going to come down and likely lead his team into the end zone. And God forbid you settled for the extra point and went for seven and they go for two and win it. Now you're going to be like, oh, crap. But Shanahan's rationale for taking the ball in overtime was the new playoff rule states that each team gets a possession regardless of whether the first team with the ball scores a field goal or a touchdown. And he said, after that, it becomes sudden death. So, you know, that's understandable. If you get the ball first and you score a touchdown, they get the ball second, they score a touchdown, and it's still tied. Well, now it's true sudden death, and you've got the football. So it's like you won the coin toss in overtime. So I kind of get that argument. I think where he made the mistake was you needed seven, not three. You, you, just, you, you knew three wasn't going to be enough to beat Patrick Mahomes because, like Tom Brady, he just is one of the all-time greats. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation and, and you know, thought process and all that with, you know, taking the ball, do they not take the ball? Like, the whole thing is, it's it's really interesting. I, I think, you know, the overtime conversation is interesting. The, the thing I continue to, you know, go back to is the end of regulation, you know, the final two minutes they get down to the two-minute warning, and that third and five play, it's been brought up a lot, and that one to me is, I don't know, it, they 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 run a play where it's an incomplete pass. They don't take any time off the clock. They don't put any pressure on the Chiefs to take a timeout, and they leave a full two minutes on the clock for Mahomes. And look, I know it's Patrick Mahomes. The guy can drive down the field in 13 seconds and try to tie a game. I get it. Though I will say when that 13 seconds play happened against the Bills a couple of years ago, he still had Tyree Kill, and that you know made the, the offense a little bit different. But that, to me, was where, I don't know, I, I feel like toward the, the second half, toward the end of that game, they didn't go to McCaffrey enough. He's your best offensive player, Scott, and they didn't yeah. go to him Nick, enough. the and third it, it just, quarter to me was the egregious part of the lack of use of McCaffrey. Yeah. How many three and outs, pass, pass, pass. I mean, you, you had the momentum in the first half. This is why Travis Kelsey was tweaking on the sidelines. You had him reeling, and you gave him life, and you can't give a dynastic team like that life. They will take it. Well, and, and they, I mean, I'm sure they're, they're watching tape in the couple weeks leading up to the Super Bowl of what happened in the AFC Championship game. And what did Baltimore do? They got away from the run. When they're a a good running team that can run down the field with their running quarterback, like, it's like, why? I I don't know. That, That, to me, was more, I felt like the game was lost leading up to it. But what I will say about the overtime thing, whatever your rationale, I don't know. It didn't seem like, and I think this is why Shanahan's getting a lot of criticism, his players were totally prepared for the overtime scenario and the new rules. Like when you have a player like Yuschik, who is one of your, you know, veteran guys, better guys on the team, one of your Harvard smarter guy. guys, obviously. Yeah, exactly. You're your Harvard guy getting mic'd up and saying, like, you know, basically admitting, I don't know the rules on the spot. It's like, did you guys not go over this? Like, <laughs> it's a new rule. You should be prepared for any scenario. Did are you guys not? ready for this like you know i get it like you, you do what your your coach tells you to do but like everybody should know what's going on and and that that to me was like oh oh boy did they are they totally prepared for this scenario i don't know so that that might be where some of the criticisms coming from too is you know when when and he said it after he said it post game and then they got him mic'd up basically saying like i don't know what's going on and that that's that's not a good thing in overtime of the super bowl <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, to hear the 49ers players, some of them say that after the game, it's like, wow. I mean, that's, you know, with Bill Belichick, for instance, uh, there's no stone unturned. His team would know everything in every situation. And, just, and, and that was the case with the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they were ready and prepared for that. Um, I just, I guess I'm pushing back, Nick, at the narrative because the strong narrative after the game in this week has been, well, under these rules, you've got to take the football second because you want to see what your opponent does so you know what you need to do. No, this isn't like college football where there are alternating possessions in perpetuity until someone wins. This is alternating possessions for the first two possessions, and then it becomes sudden death. So uh, what I said earlier, and I'll stand by it, is I can still make an argument that you want the ball first, like Shanahan said, because after each team possesses the ball, if the game is still tied, it becomes truly sudden death overtime, and then you'd be the one with the football in your hands first. And like I said, the mistake that I think he made is, you know, sometimes you manage a game and you manage a situation, and, well, you know, we're going to take three because that's what the percentages say here. Sometimes you get to throw those analytics and numbers out the window and realize who's on the opposite sideline. And that man is Patrick Mahomes. And that man is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the sport. And that's why, like I said, regardless of when you take the football, I think in overtime you've got to be thinking we need seven or probably eight, right? Because if you take the ball first like they did, and you get a touchdown and two-point conversion, the worst, the absolute worst thing that can happen is Kansas City ties you with a touchdown and two of their own, and now, again, it becomes true sudden death, whereas even if Shanahan goes for it on fourth down and they score a touchdown, they kick the extra point, Kansas City said that they were going to go for two if they scored a touchdown, and they were going to try to win it. So, to me, that's where you have to be aware of the situation. Who's on the other sideline? What do I think they're going to do? And you have to coach that way, if you will. I get it. Um, I think, it, you know, one of the things that may have factored into the decision, and, and I don't know how much he said about it, but the fact that your defense was on the field, you know, just before that, you know, trying to slow down a Chiefs two-minute drive, and they had been on the field a lot in the second half, they, they may have been gassed, and that may have been part of it, a, a small part of it as well. You know, just kind of giving them. Uh, oh, without question. It would have been nice to hear yeah. Shanahan say that, though, Nick. I know. Right. Like, I, I didn't hear him really say it. And I, I think I do think that that probably played into it a little bit. And um, Greenlaw's you know, injury. They were playing behind the eight ball all game. Defensively. You know, the argument, the argument for, you know, deferring and taking it second, you know, is is the fact that, you know, you will, you know, by the Chiefs having it second, you're giving Patrick Mahomes basically a drive where everything is four downs. And that, that makes it so difficult for your defense to, again, to try again, to slow them down. But I again, get it. I, I, but again if, if you know that, because, then you yeah, treat right, it the right, same right. way when you're on offense, right? If you take the ball first, you treat it like four downs, right? Yeah, That's I, the I get it. I think no, he made. I, yeah, I get it. Um, you know, I just – it's – it's hard when you're down there and you're like, okay, do we go for it here? It's like you, you know, do you take the points like I, which basically they did. Like uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I get both scenarios. I get it both ways. I'm not, I'm not overly critical of. I think either it take either taking the ball or deferring because uh, I, I get both scenarios. Um, yep. Just I, I don't know. Giving Patrick Mahomes four downs on a drive. It's, it's like that's. 
I don't know. It's like a cheat code. <laughs> and I get it. I mean, if it works out and they get the touchdown and, you know, the teams, two teams trade touchdowns and then San Francisco drives on their third drive and wins, you know, they, they, they look good for making that decision. So that's it's, right. you know, so I, I, that's why I, I get it from, from both sides. To me, the thing that I criticize Shanahan on is some, again, some of the play calling because he's had a history of it in the Super Bowl, like two minutes left, third and five. And you you throw an incomplete pass like you got put some pressure on the other team. It's it was just shades of me. I just think right back to the Falcons in field goal ter- territory when he's the offensive coordinator in the fourth quarter, dropping back with Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan getting sacked against the Patriots and falling out of field goal range. And that right. basically would have put a stop to the Patriots comeback like that kind of decision again it's like those things in that scenario that's where i'm critical of kyle shanahan is like dude you you gotta you gotta be better in these in these big spots making decisions that i i think are are not that hard to make you know it's it's maybe it's the spotlight scott because like some of these things you're looking at and you're saying like, why would you do that in that scenario? If it's any other game, if it's week seven against some other schlub team, are you making that decision? Probably not. You're probably making the easy one. So I, I don't know on the big stage. He just seems to make some, some baffling moves. All right. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll get full phone lines. We'll get right back to your calls when we come back. And I also have some comments from Peter King on uh, Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan when we come back. As you know, uh, my broadcast partner, Russ Tyler, is close friends with Peter King from Monday Morning Quarterback, and um, and he uh, sent Russ a text yesterday that Russ showed me, and I want to read that to you when we come back. You're listening to Cordishian Coit on Southern New England Sports Original 1037 WEEI. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, 